Hi, I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. Welcome to worship today at South Park Church. We're so grateful that you're tuning in and joining us today. We continue in our series called Unafraid, in which we're examining some of the fears that we have in our lives and talking about how God can help us overcome those fears. It's based upon a book by Pastor Adam Hamilton. If you've not yet had a chance to pick up a copy, I would encourage you to do so. It's a great read and goes into much more depth than we're able to cover uh, during this service, but it all ties together really well, so I hope you'll be able to do that. It's also a special day because we're going to receive the Sacrament of Holy Communion later in the service. And so if you've not yet had a chance to grab a cracker, a piece of bread, a cookie, something like that, uh, and also just a a small cup of grape juice or water or orange juice, milk, whatever you have, just something small to eat, something small to drink, we're going to do that later in the service. So feel free just to go ahead and do that while you can. A few years ago, when our church felt a Uh, a discerned vision from God to rebuild our campus into a mixed-use development with restaurants and a hotel and shops and um, office space with the church right in the middle so that we could more effectively reach our community for Jesus. One of the first steps that we had to go about was finding a land development partner to come on board with us to be able to make this dream come true. And so we were grateful that there were a lot of developers in the area who were interested in the project. And so we began talking with them, began interviewing them, and we learned a lot about what they've done and what they thought they could do in this project. And so we were very grateful, again, blessed to be able to have those relationships. And I remember uh, one day I was uptown Charlotte with my wife, just walking around, looking around at the skyscrapers, enjoying our city. And uh, it was neat for me to be able to say to her, hey, you know, so-and-so built this building and so-and-so built this building and I've gotten to meet them. And, you know, it's kind of a neat thing. And I guess I was really showing off to my wife, but, uh, you know, maybe forgive me for that. But, you know, something happened in that discussion where all of a sudden like a, a switch flipped inside of me. Instead of being excited and, uh, you know, really glad that we had this opportunity to partner with people who built up the city of Charlotte, I began to think about, you know, well, what have I exactly done in my life? No one can, you know, walk by and say, hey, Pastor Kyle did that skyscraper or did that. And I really began all of a sudden to feel very small and in- insignificant. Like, when I'm gone, right, who is going to point at anything and think about me? And so that was a selfish moment, maybe a a petty moment. I don't know. But I think it tapped into something that maybe you experience in your life is that sometimes we just feel insignificant, that we might not be making the difference that we had hoped we'd been making in the world. I don't know. Maybe maybe you felt like that. I know right now during the COVID-19 that uh, some of us are out of work right now, and that's a hard time. And you, and all of you who are out of work right now, we're certainly praying for you and you're in our thoughts. And uh, we hope that you'll be back to work very soon. But a big part of that is that, you know, the government has had to decide which businesses are essential and which businesses are deemed non-essential. And so a lot of non-essential people or out of work. And and even those who are deemed non-essential who are working, it's still kind of a slap in the face to say, wow, some people are are considered to be essential and everything that I'm doing is considered to be non-essential. And so, you know, that kind of takes a shot at our ego. That kind of, you know, knocks us down a rung or two about how we feel that we're making a contribution to society, that we're, you know, have living meaningful lives, that we're making a difference. And so, uh, if you're in that spot today, and you know, I just want to say I'm sorry, and, and I can identify with that, and and certainly I don't think that you are non-essential 
even though those categories now exist in our culture. And I understand that some of us have to stay home so that more of us don't get sick. And, you know, I understand and support social distancing, but it can still be painful for someone to say what you're doing is not really essential to uh, the advancement of our country. So uh, if you've ever felt insecure that you're not making a difference, that you're not living a meaningful life, then uh, I can identify with that. And honestly, I think if we all look down deep, whether we're deemed essential or non-essential, if we all look down deep, we probably all have a fear uh, of living a life that is insignificant, of living a meaningless life, of living a life that we're not making a difference. And so I think that is a fear for many of us down deep, again, if we are honest with ourselves and we, and we look down deep and we say, you know what, sometimes I am scared. Am I really making a difference? Am I living a meaningful life? And so how exactly do we find meaningful lives? How can we pursue a meaningful life? And so today I think it would be great for us to dive into the Bible because I think God has a lot to teach us about what it looks like to live meaningful lives. Early in the Bible, in fact, the first chapter of the book of the Bible, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, it says that all human beings are created in the image of God. And that's good. It means that there's a lot of good things inside of us. We're created to be like God. And so I think one thing that God has proven is that God is a difference maker. God has created the universe. God has given us life and given us purpose and given us meaning. God's given us family. God's given us friends. God's given us things to do. Uh, God is a difference maker. When we messed it all up, God sent Jesus into the world to to make a difference and and to lead us back to God. And so if God is a difference maker and we're created in the image of God, then there's probably something down deep in us that says that we're difference makers as well that we have the opportunity to live meaningful lives, that that we can change the world, we can make the world a better place, and that that there's something within our DNA that drives us to make a difference. And the fact that we fear a meaningless life means that there is something about being human in which we feel a need to make a difference, to live that meaningful life. And so we're created in God's image. We are created to be difference makers. I want to jump now to the New Testament uh, with the Apostle Paul, who started a lot of churches in the first century. He would write them letters, and a lot of those letters made it into the New Testament. Today, I want to pick up uh, with one of his letters to the church in Colossae. He's writing to the Colossians, and this is what Paul has to say about making a difference for God. This is from Colossians chapter 3. We'll be in verses 23 through 24. Whatever you do, do it from the heart for the Lord and not for people. You know that you will receive an inheritance as a reward. You serve the Lord Christ. So whatever we do, we're supposed to do it for God. We're supposed to to make a difference in the world for God. We're supposed to create meaning in the world by what we do to honor God. And so If we take tickets at a movie theater, then we need to be the best ticket takers at a movie theater, and we need to honor God. And we know that we're making it possible for people to to come and forget about their worries for a while, to have a good time, and to be entertained. If you're a a teacher, then be the best teacher that you can be for God. If if you're an ER nurse, then be the best ER nurse that you can be for God. If if you cut hair, be the best haircutter, barber, stylist that you can be for God, because you make a difference. And do it all for God. And by the way, 
We really do miss those of you who are professional haircutters, barbers, and, and stylists and all that good stuff because, man, I've seen some of the, the haircuts, the do-it-yourself haircuts on, online, and some of them ain't pretty. And I know that I need a haircut. And if you want a good laugh, I want you to go check out my friend, Pastor Steve Autry at Denver United Methodist Church. Check out his website and, and look at his current hairdo. And, and you'll see that he definitely is looking forward to getting back to a professional barber. So whatever you do, do it for God. God's created us to serve our society and we can find meaning in that. Now, I, I will think that you know, we'll say that Paul probably is, you know, has a clarification here is he wants us to do positive things that, that build up society. I don't think Paul is saying to us, you know, be the best drug dealer you can for God or be the best bully that you can for God or, hey, be a jerk for Jesus. I don't think that's what Paul is saying. But when we do something that serves society well, then do it to the best of our ability and know that we find meaning in that, that we're making a difference for the community, we're making a difference for God. So whatever God's called us to do, do that to the best of our ability for God and we'll find meaning. Another passage of scripture that we're going to read today is from uh, the first book in the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. This is the story of Jesus told by one of his disciples named Matthew. And the, the people of Israel had over 600 religious laws that they were supposed to follow. And somebody asked Jesus, what's the one that's the most important? And this is what Jesus says in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus says, Right? There's two things, top two things that, that you need to do, and it kind of summarizes the rest of all the laws in the Bible. Right? Love God and love people. Love God and love people. And by love, I don't think Jesus means like a warm, fuzzy feeling. I think he means with our actions. We are to serve other people. We are to serve God. We are to do good things for God, do good things for others. And if, if these are the top two things Jesus wants us to do, I think we can find meaning in loving God with our actions and loving other people with our actions. And so if we're looking for a meaningful life, then we need to love people. We need to treat people like God treats us, and, and we need to honor justice and mercy and, and, and walk humbly with God. And so in our everyday lives, when we help other people, we can find meaning, and we're living into what Jesus calls us to do. So whatever we're gifted to do, do that for God and look for opportunities to serve God and to serve other people through love. And that brings meaning in our lives. Now, I think that many of us feel insignificant or that we're not living a meaningful life because we haven't done something super huge and, and big. That to live a meaningful life, we have to do something monumentally huge and awesome so that people will remember us throughout all of history. We need to be on the championship team. We need to be the top of our profession. We need to be the top in our class at school. That unless we do something huge, then our lives really haven't amounted to any meaning at all. And if we believe that, I think we're believing a lie. I do. I think that there's going to be some of us who achieve huge monumental things. We're going to go down in history and be remembered. And that's great. But I think really that the true meaning that we carry forward as everyday individuals, more so than one or two big things that we've done, is more so the sum total 
of all the hundreds of thousands of daily decisions that we make every day. Let's think about this. When someone figures out what the cure is for the coronavirus, that's gonna be awesome. And it's probably gonna be one person or one team of scientists somewhere, they're gonna figure that out and they're gonna change the world and it's gonna be amazing and they're gonna be rock stars and they're gonna become rich and they're gonna go down in history and people are gonna remember them forever as long as they're history books. And that's great and we'll celebrate that. But think about all the other millions of people right now who are on the front lines who are in the hospitals, the doctors and the nurses and, and the administrators, all the people in the first responders and the ambulances, all the, all the people who are risking their lives working in grocery stores and, and doing takeout from restaurants, you know, all the people who are delivering food and packages to our houses from the, the post office to Amazon, like all these millions of people who are making a difference. It might not look like something big, but they're making a difference. And what about the even more many millions of us who are staying at home when we want to be out in the world, we want to be out working, we're staying at home so that our hospitals aren't overwhelmed with coronavirus victims, so that we're, we're flattening the curve, so that we're literally saving lives when we're staying at home. That's meaningful. That's making a difference. We're all in this together, whether we find the cure, whether we're on the front lines at the hospital, or whether we're doing our part by being at home and not spreading germs around. Right? Do you see how that works? Right? The big things are great, but so are the small things. And we're all contributing to society, and we're honoring God, we're loving God, and we're loving one another while we do that. And so we don't have to be right, the greatest person in history to find meaning in our life. If we are, that's great. That's super. But everyone has something to offer God. Everyone has something to offer each other. And so we can live meaningful lives through the everyday lives that we live and the everyday decisions, the hundreds of thousands, the millions of decisions of how we live our lives. We can find meaning in that. So what? So what's the point? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway today? I think it comes down to something pretty simple, actually. We live meaningful lives moment by moment. We live meaningful lives moment by moment. We, we can make a difference. We can find meaning in our lives moment by moment. Like my, my neighbor, Andrea, who sewed four masks for Laura and me and the boys. For Just like people in our church who were, who were sewing tons of masks to, to make sure people are safe. Just like uh, our Barnabas team who's delivering meals and, and sending webcams in the mail to people, right? Helping people with supplies, right? Some of these things that would be considered small are making a huge difference in the lives of people, right? We can live meaningful lives moment by moment. We live meaningful lives moment by moment. So what I'd like to ask you to do this week are a couple of things. The first would be is to do uh, seven intentional acts of kindness this week, one a day. Do one act of kindness a day, seven intentional acts of kindness this week, one intentional act of kindness a day. Uh, and I use the word intentional rather than random acts of kindness. You've heard random acts of kindness before, right? We who follow Jesus, when we're kind to people, there's nothing random about it. We're very intentional because this is what our Lord has asked us to do. When we serve meals, when we sew masks, when we help someone with a, you know, an extra bag of toilet paper, right, we are doing that for Jesus. 
And we're doing that to, to make a difference. We're doing that to, to find meaning in our lives and to give meaning to other people, to live life to the full. So do seven intentional acts of kindness this week for Jesus, for someone, one a day, and see if that doesn't bring meaning into your life. The other thing would be continue with uh, our daily devotions. Uh, you can click uh, in our comments below and find those, and, and you'll find an opportunity to stay in touch with the congregation as we read through the same scriptures and, and pray some of the same prayers this week. It, it, it unifies us as a congregation. And so, you know, when I was uptown with my wife and I started feeling down about myself, I hadn't really left some big monument like a skyscraper in the world. Uh, Laura was a great wife and a great friend to me. And she said, you know what, Kyle, you haven't done that. And that's okay. But, but you are a great husband. You're a great father. You're a great son, a friend. You are a pastor. You help lead people to Christ. You've been with people through thick and thin, the ups and downs of their lives. And that's a very special thing. And that brings a lot of meaning in your life. You know what? She was right. Uh, and that was great for me to hear. And so I would like for you to hear that from me in the same vein. You all are important. You all have meaning in your life. You are making a difference for God. And uh, I want to say, no matter what the categories are right now in our culture, I would say that every one of you who's watching right now is essential. You're essential to God. You're essential to me. You're essential to our church and, our, and, and this community. You're essential to your families and your friends. And so what I just invite you to do right now in the comments is to type the words, I am essential. And I, I want you to see your name with the words, I am essential. John, you are essential, right? Sue, you are essential. If you have more than one person in your house right now, type your first names and say, we are essential. So just take a second to, to drop that in the comments right now and I invite everybody else to look at the names and to see that everyone watching today is essential in the eyes of God. You are important. You are special. You have meaning in your life because God has created you in God's image. And, and, and one more cool thing about God and, and finding meaning and being essential, you know, we've been talking about things that we can do to make the world a better place, things that we can do to find meaning in our own lives, right, through our actions. And that's important, and we need to continue to do that. But even before our actions, Jesus sees us as essential just because we exist, before we do anything right, before we do anything wrong, simply because we've been created in the image of God, we are essential and we are meaningful and we are special, right? We don't earn our essential nature from what we do in God's eyes. We already have it because we are children of God. We are God's people. We've been claimed by God. And so we're meaningful. We are important. We are essential simply because we exist, because God created us, and we are created in God's image. And here's the thing. Even when we mess up, when we do wrong things, and we hurt God, and we hurt each other, and we experience guilt and shame, and, and one day we're going to experience a physical death, and we experience hell, which is separation from God and separation from other people and broken relationships, even when we do all that junk, Jesus still loves us and thinks we're essential. In fact, that's why he came to die on a cross and to come back to life, because he loves us. And we are essential to Him. And, and even though we're created in God's image and that's good, and we kind of mess that up when we, we make wrong decisions, Jesus came right, to, 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 to fix things for us, right? to, to get rid of our guilt and to get rid of our shame, to get rid of our death, to get rid of hell, and to give us a chance to be forgiven, 
to give us a chance to live life to the full, to give us a chance to live forever in the kingdom of heaven. Check out this scripture from, again, from Paul. This time he's writing to the church at Rome uh, in the letter called Romans in the New Testament. This is from Romans chapter 5, verse 8, and this is what Paul has to say. But God demonstrates his own love in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right? Even when we mess up, God still thinks we're important, we're meaningful, and we're essential. And that's why he sent his son to die for us. And, and that means that you are essential. You're essential when you're doing right things and you're trying to help other people. But you're just essential because you, you're, you're alive. And God created you to be essential. And I think that's very special that God loves us so much that he would die for us and give us an opportunity to find forgiveness, to give us an opportunity to live life to the full, to live forever in heaven, and also to make a difference while we have breath in our bodies in this world. And I think that's a powerful thing. So we live you know, meaningful lives moment by moment, but we also live meaningful lives because God created us and we are created in God's image. And so that's special. And that's why today we're going to celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion. And so if you want to go ahead and, and grab whatever food you have or whatever drink that you have to celebrate that today, let's remember that last night that Jesus spent with his disciples where he took a loaf of bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Whenever you do this, remember me. And then he took a cup of wine and he gave it to his disciples and he said, drink of this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many so that your sins may be forgiven. As often as you do this, remember me. So we celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection. Uh, not so much his death, but that he did die for us. We do celebrate his resurrection, but what we celebrate is, is his love for us. That he thinks we're so important that, that we're worth dying for. And so we remember that today. So let's pray about that together. Gracious and ever-loving God, we thank you that you see us as meaningful, as important, as significant, as essential. Even before we do anything good in our lives, you see us that way because that's how you made us. And God, even when we mess up and we get it wrong, we thank you that you loved us so much that you died for us on the cross and you came back to life so that you could make things right between us and you. And so God, right now, please hear our silent confessions of the things that we've done to hurt you and to hurt others. And we ask for your forgiveness today. God, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you that we have a chance to celebrate all that you've done for us and to receive communion today. We ask that you would take our food today and bless it and make it be symbolically for us the body of Christ and that whatever uh, liquids we have today, God, that we're going to use for communion, that you would also bless it and that you would make it symbolically the blood of Christ shed for us. God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you that we are essential in your eyes. In Christ's name. You don't have to be a member of our church to receive Holy Communion today. You don't have to be a baptized Christian. This is God's gift to us. And what it simply is, is, is we're saying to God, yes, I want you to be a part of my life. I want to be forgiven of the wrong things that I've done. I want you to be my Lord and Savior, God. I, I want to know that I'm essential. I want to know that I can be a difference maker and that you can fill me up with your spirit, God, and I can go out into the world and, and live life to the full and help other people live life to the full. And so if you're ready to say yes to God, maybe for the first time, maybe it's not the first time, maybe to re renew your relationship with God, then that's exactly what we're going to do. 
So I'd like to invite you to grab whatever it is that you have to eat. I've got an oyster cracker here. And know that this is symbolically the body of Christ broken for us. If you want to grab your liquid and know, again, this is symbolically the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us because we are, you are essential in God's eyes. We live meaningful lives moment by moment. You are essential. So go out this week, practice those intentional acts of kindness, and thank Jesus that he thinks so highly of us, that he died on a cross, he rose from the grave, and he lives with us, and he gives us an opportunity to make a difference. We live meaningful lives moment by moment. Go and have some special moments with God this week. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now I'm excited to invite our modern worship leader, uh, Cole Bryant, to lead us in our next song. And we're excited today to have some of our praise team with Cole leading. It's going to be an awesome time. And they're going to sing a song that reminds us that no matter how big our fears are, that God is even bigger. So let's join together with Cole and the praise team right now. 